Welcome to the prototype world of tomorrow. They say the new millennium truly began the day the City of Progress was finished. A domed metropolis of the world's greatest minds, built on the swamplands of Central Florida. Here in this self-styled city of the future, 50,000 temporary residents live, work, and occasionally die. Progress is a prototype of a world to come, but also a living city with many mysteries. And working to unravel a few of them are Progress's only private detectives, Tim Less and Eve R. Moore. This season of World of Tomorrow is sponsored by Boardwalk Times. And now, Fairweather Foes, Chapter 2. Spirit of Tomorrow was what they called themselves. For the past few years, they had been organizing protests and civil disobedience against Progress's residency policies. It was usually pretty mild stuff, graffitiing sick burns onto public buildings or climbing to the top of the dome and dropping flyers. But lately, they had turned it up to 11. Residents of Progress couldn't own things like apartments or stores, or for some reason chinchillas. Other small rodents were fine. The, The rules didn't always make sense. Anyway, it was hard to get permanently invested when your life here was temporary. I suppose life is always temporary, at least until scientists at Frontier Medical got around to fixing that. You came to progress on a 5-10 to year work visa. Be a good civic-minded individual, don't get into any trouble, and you can apply for an extra 5 years. The trouble is, the clocks in progress keep on ticking. Well, I mean, they flash digital displays, but you get the idea. Eventually, the Citizens Council made a final decision. No more extensions. When your time's up, you are gone like trash getting sucked out of the pneumatic vacuum tubes. And the spirit of tomorrow was getting a little hot and spicy about it. Were they sabotaging the city's weather control vehicles, though? Seems a little off-topic for them, TBH. Still, that's what I was hoping to suss out. Now, normally, I wouldn't be venturing out past the final call at my local purveyor of fine spirits, But I had a job to do, while Eve was off on some airborne pleasure cruise over the city. So hey, Carpe Noctum. I hopped what would probably be just about the last people mover out of the dome. I was headed southwest of the city to an area called Electro Park. It was a small amusement park on the edge of the Greenbelt. I could see the park's iconic double ferris wheel from the people mover. Electro Park was closing for the night which meant that its name was becoming increasingly ironic as the millions of color-changing bulbs that covered every surface were being turned off in their nightly you-don't-have-to-go-home-but-you-can't-stay-here ritual. Thank you for your visit to Electro Park. At this time, we are closed and ask you to quickly and safely leave the park before we begin our nightly love bug decontamination spraying. There were a few stragglers exiting, young couples mostly, who didn't have anywhere else to go on a Friday and were trying to squeeze in one more innocent grope on the Tilt-A-Whirl. Hey friend, you're headed the wrong way, exits that way. 
Oh, uh, sorry. Yes. Uh, I forgot my object. I, I think it's at the midway, so I, I was going to go get it. Jeepers already swept through there, so anything that doesn't belong is being processed. Send a chime to Lost and Found, and we'll get it to you. Okay, um, well, that answers all of the objections. Is there something else? Not that I can think of. I can't think of any reason I would need to go to the Midway. Well, have an electrical evening. Like everything else in progress, they had perfected shutting down the park to a science. Thank you for visiting Electro Park. At this time, all rides and attractions are closed to guests. Please leave. Through a practical application of the sneak skill I'm so good at in video games, I found the Midway. It was already shut down for the night. I looked around for the guard again, but he was off buzzkilling someone else by now. Each stall on both sides of the walkway was sponsored by a different company in progress. Instead of games, they had interactive displays of ways in which their company's electronics were improving life. And instead of novelty prizes, the true reward was knowledge. It was not as popular as the bumper cars. I hid behind a trash can and checked my chime. The time is 12.09 a.m. Well, I've got six minutes. This was where my instructions ran out. I could see the rest of the lights going out, one section at a time. If there were still guards here, they were in another part of the park. Now it was just a few cleaning robots who seemed to be moving on predetermined paths. Finally, the swirling points of light on the double ferris wheel swelled to a brilliant white and then faded to blackness. The midway was lit only by the reflection of the city on the cloudy night sky. I pulled out the flashlight I brought to see if I could have a look around. Flashlight, illuminate. Low battery, please recharge. Just great. You know, it probably would still have juice if they had dropped the voice activated feature. Well, there was nothing to do but wait. I started to wonder if this wasn't an elaborate joke arranged by one of the drones. Come to think of it, it wasn't exactly elaborate. An anonymous note slid into my ham on rye, and a few hours later, I was crouching in the dark behind a trash can in a closed carnival midway, ready to be murdered by whatever progress equivalent of insane cannibal carnies is. In fairness, most of the carnies were jeepers, so it was only cannibalism if they were eating other robots. I was sitting in the dark, pondering if that made the situation better or worse, when at the end of the midway, one of the booths suddenly sprang to life. Light and music were pouring out of the booth as I tentatively approached. Step right up! Step right up, ladies and gentlemen! An animatronic carnival barker was calling out to the empty street. I'm Pa Chime, and today I'd like to show you the advances brought to progress by the Northeastern Chime Telephone and Telegraph Company. We've come a long way since our founder began the company in 1888, when electric currents traveling through metal wires <laughs> seemed like magic. Now, we've got a whole new frontier of magic. Wireless communications. Wireless? I'm starting to think they need to update these things more often. Soon, you'll have access to the world in your very hands. Check the stock report. That's always the stock report. Make your bank deposits. And even send your health information to your doctor. Oh, but that's not all. Imagine the sound of your voice, not just your words, traveling through the air in real time with minimal delay. Don't believe me? Yeah, yeah, get out of here with your witchcraft. Pick up that wireless receiver and tell us your name. 
Please note, for security reasons, the wireless receiver has been attached to the display via a security cable. This cable is non-functioning. Even in progress, this is why we can't have nice things. Speak your name into the wireless receiver now. Timothy Less. Timothy Less. Timothy Less. Are you ready to join Northeastern Chime Telephone and Telegram Company in making the 21st century the age of open communication? The age of borderless knowledge and the age of information. Uh, sorry, do I, do I answer now? Please speak into the wireless receiver. Um, yes? Then join us in exploring the age of information. And just like that, the display opened up, breaking apart in the middle to reveal a stairwell down into the recesses under the fair. The barrier in front of the display swung open with a squeak. The animatronic barker pointed with two fingers at where I was supposed to go. The only way it could have been more clear is if large neon arrows had illuminated. I assume there were budget cuts. I mean, normally, this was the point where I'd take a moment to evaluate if I really wanted to go into a concealed stairwell leading to God knows where under a closed amusement park well past midnight invited by persons unknown. But come on, like I wasn't going to do that. I cautiously stepped down into the stairwell, only to find out, oh, it's an escalator. And the thing about escalators is there's no going back. Well, unless you jog very, very quickly, I suppose, but I wouldn't want to try. Hello world, hello world, hello world. Thank you for joining us on this journey into the world of information technology. Together, we'll see the past, present, and future of telecommunications made possible by the Northeastern Chime Telephone and Telegram Company. The entire planet's your neighbor when your voice travels faster than light. Unlike ever before, all mankind's at your door when you say hello to the world. From the modern fiber optics to the ancient hieroglyphs. Networks of progress to the great Rosetta Stone. Our age of information is the future of its own. As the unseen voices sang about how great call waiting was going to be, the escalator had flattened to a moving walkway, passing illuminated dioramas of great moments in telecommunications. There are times in progress when you feel inoculated to the mad scientist slash late night infomercial radiation that progress tends to emit. And then you find yourself riding a hidden escalator past a fiberglass Alexander Graham Bell to meet with a covert student protest group. What hath God wrought? You will say hello. Suddenly, the walkway stopped. Hello? We were passing through a scene that was supposed to depict the future of simulcasts of Grand Opera. I took a look around. I didn't see what I was supposed to do next. New message from unknown number. It's on your right. Reply. Um, thank you? I turned right. This was not as obvious as someone was assuming. New message. Too far. Turn back. New message. No. Too much now. Reply. At this point, let's just stipulate that whatever effect you're going for has been undercut a little. It's already impressive enough. Do you want to just tell me where to go? But whoever it was didn't have to. Because I turned, left incidentally, so I don't know what all that was about, 
and I saw a statue on the wall of a woman holding a child standing on a plinth. <laughs> That's a fun word. Plinth. And on that plinth was written, Spirit of Tomorrow. I decided to check it out. I hopped over the handrail and into the diorama. The statue was a lot flatter than it looked from the moving walkway. In fact, as you approached the side, you could tell it was the lowest of low relief, and behind it was an access corridor. I stepped slowly into a back room. And the most charitable description I can give of the place, after the hypersaturated colors and cloying music of the chime walkthrough, would be that it had the distinct look and smell of a church basement. You expected someone to bring out a tray of deviled eggs and a bowl of non-alcoholic punch with a glob of sherbet melting in it any minute now. As I took one more step forward into the room, I saw about a dozen people milling around chairs, apparently waiting for some sort of meeting to start. Timothy Less, as you can imagine, we've been expecting you. They all locked eyes with me. I half expected one of them to yell out, surprise! This is what I came down here for? When you think about secret underground cultish protest groups, you don't think general conference room space. The word basic comes to mind, but it seems too literal. The one who apparently had said my name as if I didn't know who I was stepped forward. An older professor type. He wasn't wearing a jacket, but you knew he owned one, and that it was tweed with leather patches. You know, we could have met at a bar, or a coffee shop, or, or a bar, maybe. We apologize for all the theatrics. No, you don't. You left me an anonymous note to sneak into an amusement park after hours to get into your secret club. Okay, the theatrics were the point. There were probably 20 other ways into this room. I know that, because if there weren't, and you all had to come in my way, you'd all still be humming the theme song. I came in that way. I came in early to set up the snacks. I turned my head to the corner. Huh, there was punch. Okay... I'm getting a glass of that because it looks delicious. Thank you. Oh, and a little bit of sherbet too. And then someone owes me an explanation. Of course, we recognize that walking past diorama may seem quaint, that there are other ways to absorb information into your brain than catchy songs about sparks and lights and dreams. But we chose these ways to introduce ourselves as a preamble to a spoken introduction, which I am giving you now. Do you understand? We happen to believe that the form of signification is itself the content which it signifies. The technology is the text. The art form is both avenue and object. All right already! Yeah, yeah. Pathway is the paragraph and the partition and the pith. I keep saying that last one doesn't work. You're really stretching it for the alliteration. Yeah, I think he understands. You get it. Uh... What? To put in simpler terms that even young kinder would understand, the medium is the message. First, who are we? This is not rhetorical, this is a question now. Oh, I see. This is the audience participation part of the lecture. Well, you signed the note you left, so I assume you're the group known to many as the spirit of tomorrow. Tomorrow! And what does that mean? Uh, you shut down the monorails and graffiti public buildings and apparently meet for Sherbert Punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a truth. But that is a truth you have learned through a technology through reading on the Chime Network, which has encircled us in your mind. Actually, I, I mostly listen. I find the voice very soothing. 
We engage in civil disruption to bring attention to what we feel is the greatest discrepancy between our power structures and our technological progress. We exist to serve the technology, to bring about its purpose. I am Dr. Sigmund Knoll. You don't know that name, but I was the city's first chancellor of communications. For 15 years, I controlled the message of the city. I produced films where soothing baritone voices told you about the collaboration of American industry and oversaw the building of things like this one. What happened? The chimes. The chimes make progress as it is ungovernable. Give everyone in the city their own broadcast station, why don't you, and then expect them to quietly leave when the city decides they don't have use for them? You don't know the people who built progress. They weren't even allowed to stay. They were hired and then paid and then told to leave. They built a city for others that they were not allowed to enjoy. That was before the chimes tin. I nodded for him to go on, but was finding it hard to sympathize with the construction workers whose paychecks probably cleared on a regular basis. I saw the first demonstration of the chimes, and the very next day, what did I do? I quit! That's what I did. You give people the right to speak, and I don't know what happens, but probably nothing, maybe. But you give them the ability to speak? First, there are pictures of cats who eat tacos, and then... Picture, pictures of dogs with tacos? Nine! Revolution! That's why we're here. Technology will win eventually, but we're going to give it a little nudge to make sure it wins now. We know what Professor Feng has been speculating about our organization. You do? How? We are awake. We are the eyes and ears of tomorrow. Tomorrow! tomorrow. <laughs> are you all like nerd cheerleaders? I, I, I mean, no offense, you know, some of my best friends are nerds. We have ways. After I left my position, I went underground and began the spirit of tomorrow to serve the coming technology. I knew it would determine our future. <laughs> Professor Fang believes that everyone cares about the rain and the winds when all we care about are sound and radio waves. We wanted to speak to you and Eve more before Professor Fang's impression had already cemented in both of your minds. So, where's Eve? What? We wanted to meet her. We felt that Eve would be a natural fit for the cause of the future. Her speech at the trial already brought people who had become disillusioned with the rate of progress back to our group. They expect action now. Of course, we don't advocate violence. But for Liam Crawford, we'll make an exception. <laughs> <laughs> so, you just wanted to meet Eve? Yeah. Where is she? Of course not just Eve. <laughs> we felt that uh, how you represented her at the deportation hearing was, um, uh, how would you say it? Um... Well-intentioned? Yeah, very well-intentioned. <laughs> For the next couple of hours, the group explained to me how technology was what causes change. Our imaginations were limited by how we communicated and what we could do and build. Thinking about getting kicked out of progress was a little like thinking about death. You just didn't unless you had to, but still knew it was coming someday. But imagine if you and death both had a chime feed and he would just slide into your DMs. 
and somebody just invented the block button. They told me the story of the last protest, how some cop had busted them up. They were tagging the Radoc Projections HQ with a data tag. I don't even know how it happened. I was hanging over a window ledge, and I thought something pushed me off. But I just grabbed on it, you know? Just out of reflex. It picked me up and carried me a few miles away, and then I was only a few feet in the air, so I let go over a grassy field. Look, I appreciate what you're doing here, and I don't mean to be a low-key buzzkill about this, but there's like a dozen of you here. Turn on the monitor. One of the protesters pressed a button on the table, and the plain off-white wall behind them flickered into a screen. The wall was now covered with individual squares, each a room and each with about another dozen people sitting around talking just like us. There must have been hundreds. Did you think this was it? Like 12 of us? We do not need to be physically present with each other when we have the gifts of informational technology at our disposal. We have meeting groups across the city. I had no idea there were this many. As you can see, we have much bigger concerns than if it's raining. It's almost time for our check-in anyway. Have you made a decision, Tim? Wait, you, you want me to join? Like, like for real? Spirit of Tomorrow, we welcome our newest member, Tim Less, to our meeting. Welcome, Tim! We are the Spirit of Tomorrow. Join me in the Spirit of Tomorrow motto. If you can do it, you can dream it! You can dream it. Greetings, residents of the prototype world of tomorrow. Have you heard of Boardwalk Times? It's a destination for all your news and stories on the Walt Disney Company. Boardwalk Times has everything, from stories on Marvel Studios and Walt Disney World, to historic videos about Disney's influence during World War II, and a history of the Walt Disney World Christmas Day Parade. More exciting content is on the way. Be a part of Boardwalk Times' journey and check them out at BoardwalkTimes.net. And follow them on social media at Boardwalk Times. And now we continue, Fairweather Foes. It was the wee hours of the morning when I got back to my apartment, late enough that the people movers were already running for the early morning commuters. It had been a long but edutaining night. I was especially looking forward to the part where I informal bragged to Eve about how I infiltrated slash joined Spirit of Tomorrow. Apparently there wasn't chime reception underground, because when I emerged... Twelve new messages from Eve. Mostly where was I, and I was never going to believe what happened. You know, that sort of thing. I figured that this time it just made more sense to meet her at Bonnie's, and she could go to wherever Eve likes to go during the day for fun. I'm thinking either library or stock exchange. I chimed Eve the relevant deets. I was sitting at my usual table, flipping through a chime feed that featured nothing but scalding hot takes on the latest popular mass medium entertainment, when Eve came trudging her way in, with all the energy of a garden slug on a high-sodium diet. Eve! How's my favorite partner? Chipper as always. Ugh, I'm sorry, Tim. The week's allotment of adrenaline has been completely consumed. Oh, is that orange juice? Mm. Sort of. <coughs> Not orange juice. Uh, mimosa? Screwdriver. It's seven in the morning. Not for me. No, for everyone in the Eastern time zone. Well, I was up, or 
more appropriately, am up late, or early, depending, I suppose, on a case. Uh-huh. <sighs> late night? Ugh, you are not going to believe it. Yeah, you mentioned that in the chime. Well, I also had quite the interesting evening. Oh, really? Well, if you think it stacks up, you can go first. Just flag someone down and get me a hot tea. I'll be resting my eyes, but don't worry. I'm listening. Uh, no, no, I, I gallantly defer for purposes of both old-fashioned chivalry and natural showmanship. Not to wave my arms in front of my own theremin, but my story's kind of the big finale here. Fine. I arrived at the city weather department. Eve, great to see you again. Thanks for coming. Uh, I thought this was an airship. It's a hybrid. Rotors for maneuvering. It's pretty clever, actually. Uh, let's get on board. I'll explain. We climbed on the airship, the top of which seemed to be blowing up like a big helium balloon. Great. Uh, don't mind me. Just have a seat. Um, a seat? Yeah, over there. A folding chair. You're kidding, right? No. Why am I kidding? I thought there wasn't space for Tim. Well, there's only one folding chair. I guess I could have gotten another one. That bastard, I could have gone the whole time. And pre-flight air checks look good. Control, Professor Fang, are you there? Yes, Bo, are you ready for a sec? Final checks complete. You are cleared for manual liftoff. Thank you, Zefcom. Clearance acknowledged. Hold on, Eve. To what? I'm in a folding chair. Locking wheelie chair for takeoff. Wheelie chair lock confirmed. Ready when you are. Takeoff in three, two, one. Cleared for takeoff. We are... off. The rotors cut out suddenly, and we were airborne. It wasn't even a jolt, just a gradual steady pressure as we floated up into the sky. For all the buildup, it was calm and quiet. <laughs> I didn't know progress could be that quiet. I looked out over the lights of the city... You know, progress really was beautiful. Not all our operations are manned anymore. Well, the one last time wasn't. Manned? Sorry, personed? Uh, I forget the new terms sometimes. No, I meant it was radio controlled. Couldn't it be hacked into? Impossible. The long distance communication relays are completely secured. Uh-huh. I've heard that before. Usually by people who just got hacked. No, I mean it. I oversaw it myself. It's a long-wave radio signal with quantum-resistant algorithm with a 1024-bit encryption key. There's a new Diffie-Hellman key exchange every 60 seconds. It would take 10,000 copies of the fastest computer in progress, four times the heat depth of the universe, to have a 1 in 12 billion chance at cracking this encryption. Uh, well, maybe they got lucky. <laughs> There's a built-in fail-safe. Commands sent by the radio waves are routed back to headquarters. If they don't match with the command sent to a quarter of a millisecond, a large red light starts flashing and a siren goes off. And you're sure the light didn't burn out? We test it every second Tuesday at 10.30. I forgot how touchy programmers got about their encryption security. Uh, we'll hand over control soon and just watch. I want to be standing by to see every step. Bo pulled out his control tablet. He held it next to the control panel. It lit up with information about what was being held in the cargo bay. Uh, Professor Fang, can you confirm this was Raincloud 485 for deployment? Uh, 485? That's what the tag says. We called it Bob. 
Wait, uh, where do you tie the tag on a cloud? Uh, I didn't ask. Bo, we're detecting some winds up there. We'd recommend deploying rotors. Deploying rotors? Hold on. You say that as if I'm not still sitting in the same folding chair. You are two miles from the deployment site. Uh, copy that, Alice. We've got 18 minutes. We should be fine. We're taking over from here. Oh, what was that? What was what? We hit something. Or uh, something hit us. Hmm. Uh, what was it? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, could have been anything. We're thousands of feet in the air. It's a very short list. Probably just a bird. Didn't trip the sensors, though. We're in position. I'm saving the rotors. Just wait about a, a few minutes and we'll release the storm. Uh, Zefcom, are you sending these commands to the ship? What commands? Is the cargo bay supposed to be opening? Not yet it's not. I'm not getting any information on the ship's air pressure nor door sensors. The spirit of tomorrow has hacked the system. What's going on up there, Bo? Uh, I'm not touching anything. The, the cargo door's opening. A Alice, what's going on? I'm sending the commands, but Bob's not listening. If that door opens and the rotors aren't running, you'll be blown sideways. It's set to ground control. Wait, it's, uh... I've got nothing. Okay, uh, is there anything coming over the radio channels? Nothing. The light would be flashing. Control tablet's not doing anything. Oh, it is. And it isn't. Bo, there's a manual override switch for the stabilization rotors under the console. I found it. Uh, I'm hardwiring the manual controls to the control input now. Eve, can you get the switch? Let me try. The blue switch? That's the one. Ugh, I've got nothing here. The storm's escaping. We're going to be blown sideways. Hold on. To what? but the rotor's turned on in time. I got manual control. We're fine. That's great news. Um, tell me that's supposed to happen. You're asking if the lights are supposed to go out and all the electronics are supposed to go dead? No, they're not supposed to do that. Okay then, this has been eventful. I'm going to chime Tim and let him know what he's missing. There's no chime network up here. We're six miles in the air. If we don't get power back, we'll be fine. Uh, the ship will slowly lose altitude, we'll drop somewhere over progress. Uh, can we kickstart this thing? I is it a battery issue? I, I don't know. I, I went to school for atmospheric sciences with a minor in nimbology. I, I don't know how to fix an airship. I, I mean, I can take a look. Uh, if you want. Look, just calm down. Everything's gonna be absolutely... Oh dear. What's that? I'll give you two guesses. Come in, Zefcom. Come in, Zefcom. Anyone? Professor Fang? It's not working. Don't panic. We're losing altitude. Bo, tell me what to do. I don't know. Can we get the electronics working on the ship? Bo. We could try turning it off and on again. And how long does that take? I don't know, three minutes if it works. Look out the window, Bo. You see that thing getting closer? It's the ground. Give me another option. Uh, abandoned ship? What? 
hold on. He was holding his tablet next to the control panel, pressing buttons on it furiously. What are you doing? I'm making sure the blimp doesn't crash on Discovery Street. Is that a possibility? Current trajectory? 45% chance. And the other 55? Imagination Avenue. That's not better. The tablet's not working. I'm locking the manual controls. Wait, wait. We're turning. Oh, we're, we're aiming for Bay Lake. We're landing on the lake? I mean, most people would call it crashing. What do we do? Next to the door, two parachutes. Uh, all right. Here, I'll help you strap in. We're gonna fall faster than the ship. Make sure you're clear by a few hundred feet and pull the cord. When we land, run, if you can, because the ship's still coming down. Now, when you land, remember to use the PLF maneuver. Bo, I did not go through parachute training. What does that mean? Uh, it stands for something. I don't remember. There's instructions on the patch on the side. You can read them on the way down. Help me with the door. Okay. Well, I don't know what else to say. I do. Geronimo! your neighbor when your voice travels faster than light unlike ever before all mankind's at your door when you say hello to the world no longer is distance a burden they can read things as quick as you write oh the time that it saves when on radio waves we can say hello to the world Modern fiber optics to the ancient hieroglyphs. Communication to humanity, it's on top of the Electron networks of progress to the great Rosetta Stone. Our age of information builds a future of its own. Constant contact, keep up with the world day and night. With your personal smartphone, you can't ever be alone. You will say hello to the world. You will say hello to the world. This episode of Prototype World of Tomorrow was written and directed by Benjamin Lancaster. The associate director is Katherine Jenkins. Tim Less is played by Brian Balance, and Eve Moore is Callie Wills. Bo is played by Jerry Skids, and Professor Fang is played by Teresa Hugh. Paw Chime is performed by Hal Bowers. The Electro Park Guard is Barry Wallace. The Electro Park Announcer is Jake Ramos, and the voice of the flashlight is Ron Schneider. Dr. Knoll is played by Nate Beagle, and Zefcon is played by Jenna Brown. The protesters are Jake Ramos, Dakota Myers, Chris Cologne, Naomi Addison, and Katherine Jenkins. The Chime Voice is Jacqueline Thomas. Special thanks to many of our fans for providing voices for the Spirit of Tomorrow and the City of Progress Municipal Virtual Chorus. Music by Trash Chan, Zotair, Zeta. The associate producer is Naomi Addison. 
If you enjoyed this episode and want us to make more, please go on to iTunes and give us a five-chime review. And support our sponsors, like this season's sponsor, the Boardwalk Times. Visit them at boardwalktimes.net. Prototype World of Tomorrow is copyright 2020. Just ahead in a jar, LLC.